Welcome back to another episode of You the Mother podcast by Abby Williams, a space dedicated to supporting, empowering, and connecting all parents in all seasons of parenthood. You can find more supportive content over on Instagram at You the Mother, and be sure to check out youthemother.com where you can reach out to work with me one on one or sign up for my group coaching. In this week's episode, I'm welcoming on Kristen Svetz. Kristen is a multi passionate spiritual life coach author, meditation teacher, and sound bath healer. She facilitates restoration, healing, and empowerment for high-achieving women so they can bridge the gap between outer success and inner peace. As a mom of two boys in college, she is also passionate about empowering moms through the stage of kids flying the nest. As a lifelong learner, Kristen holds an MBA in finance an advanced life coaching certification, and over 500 hours in training in yoga, breathwork, meditation, and more. Her broad experiences in the corporate world, the stay-at-home mom world, and now entrepreneurship, combined with her passion for personal growth to help others unlock their potential and design their life in alignment with the vision of their heart and soul. Her work includes signature programs, workshops, and retreats. In this week's episode, Kristen talks all about empowering moms as kids fly the nest, the realities of the highs and lows, how to prepare yourself, the power of nervous system regulation, and navigating what's next. You can find Kristen on her website, kristensvets.com. You can also find her on Instagram at kristensvetscoaching. And I will be linking some of her freebies in the description of this podcast. She has a free private podcast series. There's three episodes, Launch with Confidence, Empowering Moms as Kids Fly the Nest. And she also has free meditations and other downloads. I hope that you enjoy this week's episode. And if you do, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. Your support here on the podcast always means the world to me. And I so appreciate you being here. So let's get started in supporting you. The mother. Kristen, welcome to you, the mother podcast. I'm so excited that you are here joining us today. Um, empty nesters, I'm sure, is such a bittersweet time in our life and such an identity shift. Um, we were kind of joking off air that I have the 10 years between my oldest and youngest, so I feel like I'm going to have kids at the in my house for the rest of my life. And it's going to be forever until I get to this stage. So I'm excited to have this conversation now so I can refer back and that you are just creating such useful content for these women who are in this stage of life. So thank you for that. Um, Kristen, before we start, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and share my story and share my perspectives on this crazy parenting journey that we're all on, right, as moms. So I am a spiritually inspired writer. I am a life design coach. And I teach breathwork, meditation, sound healing, all of these really nourishing mindfulness practices Mm -hmm. to create and cultivate this intentional life because life is a lot and (laughs) parenting is a lot, mothering is a lot, life is a lot. And 
when you get to empty nesting, that's a lot too. And I think no matter what stage of parenting that you're at, it's really important to start to implement this intentional way of living mm-hmm. to regulate your nervous system mm-hmm. so that you can get through all the stages, whether the kids are tiny yeah. or whether they're flying the nest. Yep. It helps at every stage. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like for my audience, especially who identify as some of these cycle breaker people, this the content is so important. Um, you know, whether you're in the tiny years or in the later years, making sure that we're showing up differently, doing a little bit better than the previous generation. I think that that's the goal for every generation. And we can kind of kind of and we can kind of think back to some of our own experience, I'm sure, of when we flew the nest. What was that experience like? What was that experience like between you and your parents? Was it positive? Was it a hard transition there? You know, is it still a hard transition? And so kind of reflecting, having some of that self-awareness, bringing that along with us, what do we want to do different? Um, So important. Kristen, I'm curious what some of the highs and lows of this season are when our kids are preparing to leave the nest and then they do leave the nest. What are some of the highs and lows? What can we expect and how can we navigate them? Yes. So... I love what you're saying about your listeners being pattern breakers. And that is something that I really identify with as well. Like I have said to myself a lot that I am this generational pattern breaker and that I've always been able to see that there's a better way to do things. And yes, exactly what you said. Let's all hope that every generation feels that way, right? We're going to look at what was challenges in our lives and try to make that better. And yes, flying the nest, the kids flying the nest for ourselves. When we went through it, it is super powerful to reflect on that and see what it felt like, what was our relationship with our parents. And when you start to navigate the launch of your own kids, It is such a high and low. It's such a bittersweet stage, right? Because you, this is everything that you're working for, right? (laughs) We are trying so hard to do the right things as parents so that we do launch our kids successfully so that they are these like well-functioning, emotionally mature and all of the things to go out into the world and be good people. So there is this mindset shift that we can take of this is a huge success story. This is everything we ever wanted for them. When kids don't launch, and even if it's not going to college, right, just if they're not launching into adulthood, that is its own huge stress, right? Like we want them to launch. So it is this major success story. And it's so bittersweet because it is such an identity shift as a parent. So even, you know, even in high school, that that senior year of your oldest, that senior year kicks yeah. in and it's like, wow, it's all these last, 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 right? Yeah. And you can choose to 
like allow that. I mean, it is bittersweet. So allow yourself the self-compassion and the grace to see it as it's okay for it to be sad and it's okay for it to be a huge success. They get to be both at the same time, but it's very easy to get caught up in the overwhelming sadness because it is such an identity shift. Mm -hmm. I actually like to compare that to when you become a mom. Becoming a mom is a huge identity shift and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it's so hard and it's... And like and every absolutely. time, every time it's hard, right? You know, whether yes. it's your first baby, your second baby, your third baby, your fourth baby, whatever baby, like every yes. time it shifts. Every time it shifts. Yeah. The family dynamic shifts. Yeah. You shift yeah. as a person. And it's it's just hard. And it is supposed to be that way, right? <laughs> like there and we just our brains want to tell us that it's too hard. And we can choose through a combination of both mindset work and mindfulness tools like meditation, breath work, gratitude practices, all of these things that we hear about Mm -hmm. that, again, as a mom, as a busy woman, we're like, I don't have time for these things. But and I do get that when you're in survival mode, when you just had a kid, right, when you just become a mom. When you're going through those stages, I get it that it's very hard to do that. When you are moving into these stages and your kids are older, it is such an impactful time. And, and I'm not trying to say that moms with the little shouldn't try and do it. I'm the huge, I'm the biggest proponent that everyone needs all of these tools at every stage of life because it they do enhance your life in so many ways. But Doing them, even when your kids are in high school, or if you even have listeners that are already empty nesters and they're not practicing these tools, it helps at any stage because we spend so much time, especially once they're in high school, prepping them to go to college. We make sure they're taking all the right classes and we help them with their testing and their college application and the essays and the madness that is that we spent all this time prepping them. And the reason that so many people hit rock bottom with their kids going off to college is they haven't prepped themselves. They haven't prepped their nervous system. They haven't prepped their mindset around it. And so their brain, of course, just wants to cling on to the sad piece of it. Mm -hmm. That is the natural flow of what's happening and where it's so important and impactful to be intentional Mm -hmm. with doing the work to prep yourself. Yeah. This is a really important part. I feel like my experience (laughs) when I flew the nest, um, I had like such a close relationship with my mother, like prior to my teenage years that I re- I have memories of her telling people like, I'm going to have to be medicated when Abby leaves for her college, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like I'm going to be so sad. I think that maybe, and I, I can't really speak for her, but I'm going to try maybe. Um, we haven't, we are estranged. We have Uh, we don't have a relationship anymore. Um, But she, I think, 
didn't know how to deal with that. And so as a way to, she almost like kind of sabotaged it. Like our relationship Mm -hmm. shifted into this place of super critical, um, a lot of silent treatment. And it shifted into this other space where it became so toxic and negative that by the time I did leave, she was like, oh, like, thank God, I can't wait to, for you to get out of here, right? Um, and so, you know, I think that the, these pieces are super important, whether it's to maintain a relationship with your child, to get through some of these feelings of sadness or this identity shift. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm sure it leads to a lot of anxiety around all kinds of things, right? When we shift into some of these anxiety or some of these identity shifts um, throughout our motherhood journey, right? I think that we're constantly shifting. You know, you have lots of different stages that happen. Um, I'm sure that there's more that come after like they fly the nest, then they get married. What, What does that look like? You know, what's your dynamic in there look like? Then they have children. Now what's my dynamic? I'm a grandmother. Where do I fit? Right? And so there's just like this constant evolve. But what a beautiful piece that we're constantly being called to evolve and not just stay stuck in these past versions of ourselves. And I think that that's like the beautiful part that really comes with some of this work that you're doing, Kristen, when you're talking about this mindfulness, this breath work, meditation. These are moments that we can gift ourselves to take some of these steps and to be evolving, right? Absolutely. Yes. That's such a beautiful share and reflection of seeing what happens Mm -hmm. when people haven't done this internal work, when they haven't cultivated an awareness of knowing that when you are sad, when you are stressed, when you have anxiety about your teenage kids, about your kids as they've left home and they're out on their own as young adult, that that anxiety is about you. And to not project that onto them is such a huge awareness. And this, what I really like to call it nervous system work, right? It is this whole mindfulness plethora of things that we can do. And there's such important tools in our toolbox of having healthy relationships, especially and primarily with ourselves, right? (laughs) That we are not projecting negative feelings that we're aware of that, you know, when I'm nervous about, when I feel anxiety kick in and I can walk around and be like, oh, that's actually, you know, like, what am I so upset about? Why am I so annoyed with my husband or just annoyed at life? I'm like, oh, it has nothing to do with those. It's that I had this conversation with my son at college. I'm worried about him. It feels out of my control because it is actually out of my control at this point. And I don't want to lecture him from afar. I want to be this guide. It is an identity shift, like you're saying, that, you know, there's this role change of do you want do you you want advice or do you just need to vent? Right. That's like one of the most powerful questions. Even ask your teenagers at home. It's like when you are sharing this. Are you asking my advice or do you just need to talk about it? I think that and this most... is the piece that a lot of parents miss is that our roles shifts. 
Yes. This is really, really important, right? Where you go from being the parent that like they need you for everything. Yes. (laughs) They just go exhausting. And then they and then they shift over here where it's mentally more exhausting, I think, in these teen years. You know, things feel Yes. Like my son, he's 13 right now, and things feel Mm. It feels high pressure, right? To like get it yes. right now. Like he's going to remember this is like shaping him who he's like going to be. And I'm like, oh my gosh, am I saying the right things? Am I doing the right things? Am I quiet when I need to be quiet? Right. I'm constantly like so fearful to get this wrong, which yes. is my own stuff. Um, <laughs> but it's a real and fear for a lot of people. I absolutely. I mean, it's the, it, it's the, it is why parenting is so hard. It's the whole time, right? When they are little, you're like, oh my gosh, am I doing this right? Is right. this, is this the right thing to do? Like, how do I do this? Right. And then middle school years and then those teenage years. Yeah. And it is the same thing when they fly the nest. So yeah. absolutely. Yes. There's so always less fear. pressure with like my three-year-old than it does with my 13-year-old though. Yes. Right. Right. And, like, it's a it's, different kind of hard. Yeah. Yes. It is. <laughs> it is. It's really hard. But so, you know, like when you were talking about my son's off at college and he's making choices and it's out of my control and I'm like, oh my gosh, what path are you going down? You know, I think that like there's lots of these that probably come up. How do we kind of navigate some of those? And maybe even before they fly the nest, right? Like thinking about high school years, Maybe we watch them doing things with friends or they're looking at colleges and you're like, I don't think that that's the fit. And they're like, this is the fit. And you're like, are you sure? (laughs) I don't know that you're going to make it here. Right. Um, You know, how do we kind of separate some of ourselves from their choices and that like that they have to figure it out? You know, where's the balance between how much involvement we should have and letting them figure it out on their own. Right. Yes. It's It's a tricky balance, right? Yes. It is the endless, the endless journey of balancing all of these parts of parenting because yes, you want to give them space and compassion Mm -hmm. to be who they are and to go on their own journey. And of course we have a responsibility as parents, even I mean, especially when they're still in our home, that it is our role to help make sure that they are making the right choices. And so I do think that communication is so key. I love that um, Brene Brown talks about stealth expectations. I think this is in Atlas of the Heart, her book. And stealth expectations, thats it's such an amazing relationship tool to be aware of. And I think she uses the example of being on vacation with your family and that at the end of the day, as the mom, you still were making all the meals and cleaning the kitchen and your rental and you didn't get your run in that you wanted to and you didn't sit on the beach and then you're just mad at the end of the day. And... Instead, if you had been intentional and on the front end, talk to your partner, if you have teens or kids that are old enough, talk to them and said, hey, mom wants to get her run in and mom wants an hour at the beach. And we're going to make sure that you get to do all of your things too, but these need to happen. Mm -hmm. Then they get to happen and the, 
the the disappointment and the anger like just dissipates because everybody knows what's expected. It's also this incredible lesson to our kids of how to take care of ourselves as well. And that goes into as kids fly the nest that still is happening even in communication. You know, that's something that's a hard thing as kids fly the nest. It's such a range. It you know, going back to the ebb and flow, mm-hmm. there's some kids who call every day. There's some kids who call once every two weeks, Mm -hmm. don't respond to texts, you know, whatever. And those are, again, it's like giving our kids so much compassion because they're trying to figure out the separation themselves and giving ourselves compassion of, okay, well, that hurts. Yes, I miss you. It hurts. And using that concept of don't have stealth expectations create that conversation with your kid of, I really want to talk to you every Sunday. I really would like for you to respond to my texts. Those little tweaks are going to create more happiness for you. They actually create more happiness for your kids because they, of course, are walking around with an underlying subconscious guilt of, I didn't respond, you know, the, whatever their brain makes up. When you create a container that allows for both from young teens on of them figuring out who they are themselves, but also creating a safety net of, hey, I'm still your parent and I need you to check in and make sure you're alive. (laughs) Exactly. I want the proof of life. I need a little proof of life. I'm sure it's like scary over on those sides, right? I know my 13-year-old like just got a phone and we've been like kind of managing some of the expectations around what is the phone and he, we have a co-parenting relationship uh, for my oldest. So he goes to his dad's house half the time and it's like, what are the expectations when you're like not at my house if I text you, right? Because I also want to be mindful of your time over there and that you're not just like on your phone. You know, so we've had like conversations kind of like that. We're also coming up on um, my kids go to private schools. And here in Cincinnati, the private school thing is like a whole ordeal. I feel like there's no other place like this where when people ask you where you go to school, they mean, where did you go to high school? Yes. (laughs) It's like really weird. (laughs) It's really weird here. So he's coming up on, he's in seventh grade. So this year, like we need to start looking at the high schools and the next year he has to start taking the entrance exams. And so like we're having the conversations right now and there's like three high schools that I feel like are what we're going to look at for him. And so I feel like it's kind of similar, like we'll cross this bridge again when he goes off to college. Um, And I think kind of managing some of those like expectations are really important. Like we're kind of having some of those conversations right now of, okay, if we're going to be spending all this money on private education for high school, you have to be involved in something. What's going to be the thing. So as we're like starting to look at these high schools, what are the things that you're going to be interested in? What are you going to like look for? Right. When we go to these open houses, what kind of questions are we asking about the clubs, the extracurriculars, the whatever, you know, we need to start like kind of figuring out so that we can kind of pare down, which is like your top pick, you know, what's your second pick and whatever. Right. Um, And so I think that like kind of some of these expectations are super important. And I think it also creates opportunity to know your kid 
right? Yes. So, like, I think I have, like, well, it's funny because I think that your first kid's, like, your test your test run, right? <laughs> You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. With what all doing. of it. I don't know what I'm doing. So, like, we're just, like, in it together learning, right? And I'm so glad that he doesn't fall into some of this people-pleasery stuff. Where I'm like, well, I think like I'm worried about this. And I've like voiced some of these things with him as we're like starting to look at some of the high school stuff. Like, I'm worried about this such this environment that like maybe it would bring up some of this stuff. And he's like, Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm still gonna look at this and do this anyway. And I'm just like, Okay, I support you. <laughs> right. Right. You know, yes. I love that like we kind of have some of these conversations. Do you feel like there are appropriate ways to be having some of these conversations of, hey, I'm worried, hey, I'm concerned that's not bulldozing them or maybe creating like some of the negative self-talk, some of the self-doubt, right? That like Cause that's again, another fine line. Like where can we, how can we appropriately be like, Hey, <laughs> right. Because sometimes yeah. it's projection, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, so a lot of I'm the time. My hand. I'm yes. raising my hand. I am the yes. problem. Yeah. But it's, it's a fascinating thing to work through because of course, as parents, we're trying to protect our kids. Yeah. We're trying to protect them, keep them safe. And we want to empower them with what we know. And we want the, to empower them to go on their own journey. So it does become an ebb and flow of trusting yeah. and the conversation. So this also goes back to the meditation, the breath work, yeah. the mindset work. When you tap into yourself, yeah. when you really allow yourself to come home to yourself on a regular basis, you can create an awareness between what is fear yeah. and what is true guidance. Yeah. And that is going to make you a better parent. And so with that, I, I actually want to jump into my thoughts around incorporating this because I know everybody hears it and they're like, I know, I get it. Also, I'm a mom and I'm too busy and I don't have time. But I notice this, like when I'm having some of these conversations and some of my stuff is coming up, I know that I can feel it in my body, like the dysregulation, right? So this yes. is really important. Right. Yeah. Yes. Because our body... As a parent, I mean, that is part of like when you're sending them, when you drop them off at the dorm room and drive away, your nervous system is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is not correct. Like, danger. We're, yes, this is danger. We are supposed to protect them. Oh, yeah. And so that is where doing this work early on, yeah. your, your entire life it's so important. It is actually like working out. Uh -huh. It really is. We know that if we go to a trainer one time, that's, you know, we will learn some skills. And if we don't use it, nothing changes, yeah. nothing happens. We're so, just sore for that one day and then that's it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So when you first start trying to meditate, to do breathwork practices, it isn't comfortable, right? It is like trying to go out for that run when you haven't been running. And 
I, I like to use the analogy of like two paths in a forest, right? Like when you go down the same path over and over again, you can see the path super clearly. You're not sure. It, you know, you're not confused about being off the path because it is a well-walked path. Yeah. And that is what our brain is doing for all of our everyday stuff. Like we can drive our car without thinking about it. We can, you know, fulfill all the tasks that we have to do without thinking about it. So when we start to implement something new, which I feel like, you know, new working out practices, everybody knows what that feels like. It actually physically hurts <laughs> and we don't like it. And there's a lot of resistance to it, but we know it's going to make us healthier. So we commit to it because we want to be healthy long term. Mm -hmm. That is what breathwork and meditation are doing as well mm -hmm. on a nervous system and mindset perspective. It's connecting all of those for you. Mm -hmm. And when you, the more you do it, so yes, when you first do it, it is the other path in the forest. It is not a smooth path. Okay. You're not really sure if you're like, should I go around that tree or the other tree? Or which way do I go? It is uncomfortable. It isn't even for the experience in the moment. I think that also is an interesting thing that people are like, oh, I tried meditation and my mind raced the whole time and I was terrible at it and I didn't like it and I'm not doing it. It isn't for the experience of sitting there and that you're going to feel zen and, you know, like come out of it and feel I wish, giddy. I wish it was sometimes, <laughs> right? Like I have right. this idea in my head that I want to be so sad and it's like, it's so hard. <laughs> right. Yes, I know. And I do think that's the beauty of like going on retreats or places that you can really drop in yeah. because those longer period periods of time, that is maybe when you can get to that more like blissful Zen state. But carving out two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes a day for just nourishing your nervous system. Because also beyond parenting, we live in a crazy world, right? There's so, there. <laughs> it's so scary. And because we live in this world of social media and 24 seven news, our nervous system is being hit with all of that. Yeah. And our nervous system hasn't evolved to handle that right. it's still in the fight or flight of just trying to keep us alive back when that was our primary concern so we turn that into all of our everyday things that we have little personal things we have big personal things then we have community things then we have world things and you tie in parenting our nervous systems are overloaded mm -hmm. so i that is my primary message that I want everyone to know is that doing the different practices mm -hmm. like gratitude, journaling, meditation, breath work. There's so many more. I do sound healing. There's so many ways to regulate your nervous system. And when you commit to nourishing yourself in that way, you are going to see tiny little shifts that start to add up so quickly and makes such a huge difference in how you show up as a parent and how you show up in your relationships and how you show up for work and how you get to navigate all these changes of life. Yeah. Yeah. And your relationships, I think with your older kids. Yes. Like, yes. What a beautiful gift to get them. Yes. It's this version of you, right? Yes. So important. Right. 
Um, Kristen, how do we navigate, I guess, what's next? Yes, navigating what's next. You know, you drop them off, you you drive yes. away, you're like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. And then you come right. back to yourself, you do some of this like grounding work, right? You regulate that nervous system, but then like, what the heck is next after you've been, in my case, I'm going to have kids in my house for 1800 years. So then yeah. once they're all gone, what do I do? Yes, <laughs> it's the big question. <laughs> It is the big question. And that's where I think it's so important. The earlier that you start spending time on this work, the better your answer is going to be. It helps you avoid the rock bottom moment. And that is how I decided to go into this work is before my kids graduated from high school. I have two sons in college now and before they graduated, but some of my friends were having kids their senior year or graduating And I started to see some really painful rock bottom reactions. And again, this kind of goes back to, I could see that there's a better way. Mm -hmm. I could see that there's a different pattern that we can create so that you're not passing along guilt to your kids so that you're not passing along, uh, a victim mentality Agreed. that instead you're stepping into this empowered you and you can be empowered and still be really sad, yeah. right? Yeah. You're allowed to process that emotion and be very powerful. And so those will open up the door of answering what's next. It, it is such a, there's, there's lots of fun processes to go through of, you know, there's the part of like, oh, what did I love to do before I became a mom? And that's a fun thing to reflect on. Mm -hmm. But also it's really answering the question of who are you now? Mm -hmm. Because we've changed so much. It's 18, 20, 22 years or however many kids and however many years it is, right? And you get to really explore. I like to say, as the kids are flying the nest, you come home to yourself. And that you really get to dig into this question of who am I now and what possibilities does that allow me to bring into my life? My role has shifted as a parent. There is more space. There is more time. Even if you work full time, parenting when you work full time is still taking up time. There is more, right. There is more energetic space that you can start to explore of where do I want to bring in some passions and a newly defined purpose that would really light me up. And that's a different answer for everybody. And it's a fun, it's a great thing to journal about long-term because a lot of answers will come out over time. These bittersweet moments in every stage of parenthood, you know, are just so bittersweet, right? You think about your last baby ending those baby tiny years. I'm like, we just wrapped them up with my youngest and it was really bittersweet. And I'm kind of one of those people that I don't feel like we'll ever feel done. Not like, thank God that's over. You know, I loved those tiny years. I'm really going to miss bringing home a brand new baby. Um, But four is too many. (laughs) I can. (laughs) You know, so, you know, it's it's hard. Um, 
that you're never going to have another little baby until you start having grandbabies, you know? And, right. And, yes. And I'm really excited that now we're going to have these other adventures and our life looks different now that we don't have a baby in a diaper bag and diapers and, you know, the whole thing, nap time schedules. It looks, it's so freeing. And there's so many more things that I can do with this stage, you know, and I can't wait for some of these other stages too, right? So I just, I think that what you're saying yes. is so beautiful that we can tap into some of these new ta- newfound freedoms in each stage and these different pieces of us that get unlocked and we're like, okay, now we can like up level. And it doesn't mean that we don't miss the tiny faces that we're leaving behind and the little pieces of them that they outgrow, you know, you can always yes. like have a little oh, on your mama heart about some of those things. But I think just like what a beautiful thing. There are so many things that me and my husband like daydream about. Like I can't wait until the kids are these ages and we get to do this kind of trip and we get to do these things with them, you know. And so I think that it's really beautiful to kind of daydream about some of those pieces if you're not in this stage yet. Um, But definitely bittersweet. Kristen, I just want to thank you so much for having this conversation with us. Um, what a what a bittersweet time I'm sure and but just like to be so empowered I think is so important and so I just thank you for helping women feel that empowerment in this stage of life can you tell my listeners where they can find you Yes. So my website has all of the things. So kristensfetz.com. I have a book coming out fall of 23 and it's called Design to Shine, Living Intentionally to Discover Your Inner Light. And I think it really applies to moms at all ages. And I have created a membership for kids with moms flying the nest. I think community is such an important part of getting through this, just like the mommy and me groups are so important of that stage of life. I wanted to create something for this next stage. So all of those things and more on my website. I also have a free private podcast series for moms with kids flying the nest. And that's also on my website. So there, and um, I'm active on Instagram, Kristen Spetz coaching. So thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Kristen. I will be linking all of those in the description of this podcast to make sure that you go give Kristen a follow and go check out all her amazing resources. Kristen, thank you again for helping me support you, the mother. Thank you so much.